I have had a great summer spiritually. Okay, a great summer spiritually. Now, there's a lot of things going on in my life. My life by no means was perfect during the summer, but I had a great summer spiritually. Listen, I'm going to have a great fall spiritually. All right. Then when it gets winter, I'm going to have a great winter spiritually because I'm taking time to cultivate my relationship with the living God. And I've just got, I've, I just, I, I want, why are you telling us that pastor? Because I, I feel like a pressure cooker. When Vicky and I were young kids, young married, uh, we wanted to can and do some of that stuff. And uh, so we bought us a pressure cooker and we canned green beans. And we don't do that anymore, thank God. We found out that Del Monte does that and that you can go right down to the store and buy it. Already done, amen? And so we don't do that anymore, but we used to do that. And I can always remember sealing that lid on that pressure cooker. Well, I spiritually, that's what I feel like this morning. <clears throat> I've just got so much stirring in me, and uh, so so if I get excited this morning, I'm not mad. Okay, I'm not mad. I'm just I'm just excited. So I don't want you to ever think when I'm doing what I do. You know, uh, I heard one time teachers tell it and preachers yell it. And so, you know, Vicky always says, I can hear you all the way across Walmart. And so, you know, so I'm a yeller. So I don't want you to think bad. Think, well, you know, what's Pastor mad about? Because because I'm not mad. Amen. Amen. Let me pray, and then I'm going to jump in. Father, I love you. I'm grateful for a great Savior and a great Father, for a great church and a great body of believers. Father, that you have your way amongst us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've ever taken a trip and gone to the airport to fly somewhere, when we go in with our luggage, you know, of course, you check in at the airline, then you go find those big signs that are hanging up above your head. And those signs show you the airlines, they show you your flight number, and the time that you leave. Then once you find that, then you leave there, and you start down that concourse. Now, if you're at a good-sized airport, you know, on one side is newsstands and little restaurants and things, but then on the other side is where everybody's sits waiting for their flight. So you walk down that concourse and you read the numbers of the flights and there'll be a little desk with an attendant there and you find your flight number and then you find the destination. And your destination, it might be Dallas, it might be Austin, it might be Houston, it might be Portland, Oregon, uh, it might be Hong Kong. It doesn't matter the destination, but you find your destination. If you're like me, I kind of have a sigh of relief, you know, when I, hey, I'm in the right spot, it's the right number. Then I double check my ticket. Yeah, I just want to make sure everything's right. Then you find your seat and you wait to get on your plane and go where you're going. Now, here's what I've noticed. I've never been to any airport anywhere that you walk down the line and you come to this spot and up on the sign, it says nowhere. No one ever flies to nowhere. No one ever goes and finds their seat, double checks their ticket and looks at the person next to them and says, hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm going nowhere. Well, what do you mean you're going nowhere? Yeah, I just, I'm just along for the ride. Nobody gets on a jet airplane and looks at their neighbor and says, hey, where are you headed today? I'm just going nowhere. I'm along for the ride. And I, I don't know where we're going to land. I don't know where we're going to stop. Uh, we might even just come back here. I don't know. No one ever does that. No one's ever done that. Well, I want to welcome you this morning to TCF Airlines. And you're not waiting to get on. You've already boarded. We have a nice big plane. You've already boarded the airplane. And this airplane is going somewhere. 
You see, we're not just going nowhere. Do you know what a lot of Christians do? A lot of Christians, and I'm not picking on them, a lot of Christians' goal in their Christianity is just to show up on Sunday and come to church, and that's a good goal. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. That is a great starting place. But listen, we're doing more than just showing up on Sunday and being together and taking a trip and flying around and landing and going home and coming back and doing it a week later. We're doing more than that. We have a destination. We have a goal. We have a vision. Now, ultimately, our destination as believers is heaven. Listen, as your pastor, my number one goal is to make sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior and that you've invited him into your heart and that you're a Christian and that when you leave this life, heaven is your eternal home. Ultimately, that's our destination. But in between this and that, we have some other destinations and some other things we're doing. And I want to take a few minutes this morning and encourage you and talk to you about our destination, about our vision, about who we are. You know, we put up new basketball goals, and I thank God for those new basketball goals. Bernie and Lou worked on them. Dion Bird worked on them. Newt worked on them with his crew. And we're so grateful that you would invest in the kids of this county and this area and putting up those basketball goals. Any good fisherman knows to catch fish, you need bait. Amen? And basketball goals are great bait. It gets kids on our property so we can share the Lord Jesus Christ with them. It's a great opportunity to minister to them. And I'm so thankful for these guys who took time to do that and put that up. Listen, our heart at Tulia Christian Fellowship is kids and teenagers. Our heart is to reach the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the church we have today because of ground zero and because of power kids. You know what happens to kids and power kids and ground zero? They grow up. They get married. They have children. And they start looking for somewhere to go to church. And they go back to where they came from if they live here in this town. As I look across this room, I see many faces that I used to see in Ground Zero. I see many faces that I used to see in Power Kids. And you're here with your family and your children. We are the church we are today because of Ground Zero and Power Kids. Listen, if you have a heart for kids and teenagers, you're on the right plane. You're on the right plane. I've had people say to me before, Pastor, your church is for the young people. And you know what I think? Thank God I'm on the right plane. (laughs) Amen. Thank God I'm on the right plane. Pastor, your music's a little loud. You know what I think? Thank God I'm on the right plane. People say, Pastor, why is it dark in your church? What's that smoke? You know, I, I, th- I think I'm at Midnight Rodeo. <laughs> now, here's an interesting story. Many of you already know it. Midnight Rodeo closed in Amarillo, and a church bought it. A church bought it. Amen. So when somebody says, I don't like that, you know what I think? Uh, I'm on the right plane. Amen. Pastor, why, why are y'all showing movies in church? I don't really know about all that. You know what I know? I'm on the right plane. Amen? Our heart, your heart, 
is kids and teenagers. I want to read a scripture to you, and I want to read to you out of Matthew 18. And I'm going to start with verse 2, and I'm going to read 5 and jump down to 10. Listen to this. This is Jesus. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And here's what he said. Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of the child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Listen to it again. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. When we welcome kids and teenagers onto our property, we're welcoming Jesus onto our property. Verse 10, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that they're angels in heaven. I got good news, moms and dads. Your child has a guardian angel. It says so right here. For I tell you that they're angels in heaven. Always see the face of my Father in heaven. I've been studying a principle this summer. It's called the 414 Principle. Let me explain to you what it is. They've done studies and they have found out that 70% of all people who are Christians. Now, I'm not talking about people that go to church. I'm talking about people that are born again and know Jesus as their Savior. 70% of people that are Christians found Jesus as their Savior between the ages of 4 and 14. It's called the 414 Principle. 70% of all Christians, I'm in that group. I found Jesus as my Savior as a 12-year-old. I know many of you in this room found Jesus as kids. Probably many of you found Jesus as adults. 70% of Christians found Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. Now, if I had two sections of land and I was a farmer and somebody told me, this section of land will produce 70% of your harvest This land will produce 30% of your harvest. Well, now, I'm not saying you wouldn't want both harvests because you do. But you would put your time and your energy into the field that would bring the most harvest. Did you know that most churches put 2% of their budget into kids and teenagers? But that's where 70% of the harvest is. You see, we don't do that here at Tulia Christian Fellowship. You don't do that at Tulia Christian Fellowship. Okay, I want to talk to you with the time that I have left about where we're going on this airplane, Tulia Christian Fellowship. I want to talk to you about Ground Zero. I want to talk to you. Kurt just already got up and talked about it this week. They had 110 teenagers. We had 150 kids and teenagers in fifth quarter. We did registration. Even though the weather was bad, it rained, and we're never against rain, right? Thank God for rain. It rained, and we didn't have as many, but we can have as many as 100 and 140 a week. This last week, we ministered to 325 kids and teenagers in Ground Zero and in Power Kids and in Fifth Quarter. Now, Kurt and Megan have been our youth pastors for nine years. Megan went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas to do her study and her prep time to get ready for the ministry and for what God called her to. Kurt went to TBI, Texas Bible Institute. That's connected with where we go to camp. We go to Discovery Camp. Then they have a Bible school. Many of our students have been to TBI. Many of our students have been to uh, Christ for the Nations. And they're in the ministry in other churches. They're in the ministry in other countries because they've attended these Bible schools. 
Well, while Megan was training at Christ for the Nations, she grew up in Ground Zero, by the way. So did Kurt. I know many of you grew up in Ground Zero. Arthur and Ashley grew up in Ground Zero. Arthur came to get Jesus, and while he was here, he got the pastor's daughter. I just wish I had more daughters. I'm sorry for, for y'all, right? Man, you know, but and he got Jesus and he got my daughter. So, I mean, it's a good thing. Megan trained at Christ for the Nations, and she was part of a team that went to other churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to do ministry in youth groups. And she said they would take a team of 10 or 15 leaders, uh, you know, Bible school students, and they would get to these churches and these youth groups, and there would be more leaders there than there were kids in the youth group. They'd go to churches that had 10 or 15 kids in the youth group. And here's what she said. She said, I was so shocked because I thought every church <clears throat> was like TCF. I thought every youth group was like Ground Zero. You see, she grew up in a youth group with 130 kids every week, and she didn't know that God was doing something. She was just used to it. She just thought it was normal. And here's what I want you to understand. You know, I had somebody ask me not very long ago, pastor, do you believe in revival? I said, I don't only believe in it. We're in it. Okay. We're reaching kids. We're reaching teenagers. We're reaching adults. It's happening right in our midst every single week. Now, listen, I'm not doing it. We're doing it. I'm not doing it. We're doing it. We're making a huge difference in this community. We're making a huge difference in the kids and teenagers in this town. We're bringing them the good news of the gospel. We're ministering to them. In the last nine years, we've seen over 100 teenagers receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. The last five years, Kurt and Megan have been doing water baptisms. Now listen, when I was in Ground Zero and involved in it, I'm in Power Kids now. I never did water baptism. You know why? I was chicken. I was. Pastor, why were you chicken? Well, I didn't want the parents to be mad at me. You know, baptism's a big thing. And I didn't want to baptize teenagers and their mom and dad come up and say, what are you doing? I had a girl one time in Ground Zero and she said, if I come here, will it turn me into a Protestant? She was serious. She was worried. She was worried. And I said, no, 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 I want to turn you into a Christian, right? I, I don't care what, what other label you have. But she went to the Catholic church on Sunday, and she was honestly worried that we were trying to pull something on her and, and turn her into something else. So I was afraid to do baptisms. Well, Kurt took over Grand Zero, and he said, I'm going to start baptizing kids. Listen, the old are afraid, the young are not. That's why we got to reach the next generation. Amen? So he started doing baptisms, and we've baptized over 50 teenagers. We've had girls come and get baptized in their clothes. Teenage girls who didn't bring anything to change into and were so moved on by God, they got Girls don't go swimming, number one. Now, they do till they're about 14, Right? You go swimming and all the little girls have their goggles on and they're all swimming. But when they get about 15 or 14 or old, they don't swim no more. They, they just, they're right. They don't want to mess up their hair. So for a girl to show up at our youth ministry and get in a baptismal in her clothes, God is doing something. God is ministering. Amen. Amen. 
So what I want you to understand is, if you love kids and teenagers, you're on the right plane. In Power Kids, we have a very specific vision. Our number one goal, Power Kids is kindergarten through fifth grade. Our number one goal is to make sure those boys and girls know Jesus Christ is their Savior. Number one. And that they know it. If you've ever been in Power Kids, we pull kids up on stage. We ask them to tell us their name, what grade they're in. You know, there's 130 of them. Your name, what grade you're in, and if you know Jesus as your Savior. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Yes, I do. Then here's the next question. How do you know? How do you know? Well, the answer, Pastor, is I've invited Jesus into my heart. So we want to make sure they know Jesus is their Savior and they know they know Jesus as their Savior. The next thing we do over a five-year period is we teach them 12 memory verses. Those memory verses do two things. They help them see who God is and they help them see who they are. The one we're starting with this year is John three sixteen. That's a very familiar, very simple verse. Another one we do is 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We teach them 12 memory verses over five years. Then we show them Bible stories. We use an app that comes from Life Church out of Oklahoma City, and they're little cartoons, and they start in Genesis and go through Revelation, and they talk about Moses in the Red Sea. They talk about Daniel in the lion's den. They talk about Adam and Eve in the garden. They talk about the devil in the garden and sin. All those Bible stories that are in the Old and New Testament. They talk about Peter, James, and John. We tell those stories. Now listen, here's what happens. A kid comes down to Power Kids. They find Jesus as their Savior. You know, Power Kids, how many of y'all want Jesus in your heart? Every single hand will go up. Amen. They're raising them right now. They're they're raising them right now. Man, I want Jesus. The adults are like, I don't know. Right? Thank you all. Thank you, Power Kids. I love you. Yeah, your mom and dad are going to hell, but you're not. Amen. (laughs) Amen. No, they're not. You're not. (laughs) Now I'm acting like Kurt, my Lord Jesus. Right? I'm sorry. They, they know they're saved. Y'all like the idea of somebody going to hell, don't you? Good Lord, man. They know Jesus is their Savior. They know they know it. They know those 12 memory verses. They've heard those Bible stories. Then they are ready for ground zero. And what happens in ground zero is they're going to be given an opportunity to be water baptized. Then they're going to be given an opportunity to get filled with the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues. Oh, my Lord, Mildred, we're on the wrong plane. (laughs) Yeah, we've had people jump the plane because of that. We've had them open the door in flight and jump out without a parachute. Yeah, you see, teenagers are like kids. They haven't been taught not to believe. They haven't been taught to be afraid. They haven't been indoctrinated with religion like some of us have been. And they're open to the things of God. And then Kurt takes them on a journey and they grow and they get ready for life and they get ready to do the things that God has called them to do. That's happening in Ground Zero and it's happening in Power Kids. Now listen, we put a lot of time in prayer and preparation, hours every single week 
to put on an excellent service in Ground Zero, to put on an excellent service in Power Kids. We put tons of time, tons of prayer to get ready so God can minister to kids. Listen, our services every single week are excellent. They're top-notch. They're top quality. Folks, we've invested $60,000 in the sound system at Kids Ministry. Churches don't do that. Churches meet in the, in the janitor's closet. Seriously, and I'm not picking on anybody. I and mean, we've invested $200,000 in that property down there to do children's ministry. And when you tell people that, they, don't, they can't even talk. They don't even know what to say. Listen, I want to speak to you in here this morning. If you're a teenager, if you're not coming to ground zero, you're missing something. There is an anointing and God's presence is in those services. Now, I know many of you are busy. Many of you are in athletics and doing good things. But if you don't do anything but show up at 730 in this parking lot and come to church and you come to ground zero, God will touch you. God will minister to you. I'm telling you, I would have given anything to have a ground zero in my life when I was growing up. It's so heartbreaking that we have that resource right here in this room every single week and, and you stay home. Because everything we do is done with quality, with integrity, and with excellence. Now, what I want to do with the time I have left is I just want to encourage you for your part. Listen, we're a great church. I'm so honored to be a part of this church. I'm so honored that you would let me stand on this platform and preach on Sunday. You are a great group of people. Let that sink in. You are a great group of people. You know why I know that? Because you have a heart for Ground Zero. You have a heart for Power Kids. You have a heart for men's ministry. We're taking 40 men to men's retreat on Thursday, and we may take more than that. We have 40 beds. Each room has a sleeper sofa or a rollout bed, and I've had guys say they'll sleep on the floor if they need to. We may take more than 40, but here's what happens. When you reach a man, you reach a line of people behind him. You see, when you reach daddy, mom and the kids come. If you just get mom, you don't always get dad in the process. So I know you believe in men's ministry. I know you believe in women's ministry. I know you believe in family because we couldn't do what we do if you didn't believe. Two weeks ago, we spent $1,200 at Sam's on Gatorade, water, chocolate milk, gogurt, candy, uh, fiery hot from hell Cheetos. <laughs> They're bad. Hot pockets, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, chicken nuggets. We'll push the cart down the aisle and people will stop. Do y'all run a B&B? They do. It's like, Lord, no, we don't run a B&B. All you'd get is chicken nuggets and Gatorade. Then we'll have people stop us. Do y'all have a restaurant? No, we don't have a restaurant. Then we'll tell people, this is for our kids' ministry. This is for our youth ministry. And they'll say, where do you live? Tulia, Texas. The Tulia, Texas. The Tulia, Texas. Listen, we have the greatest 
church that I know of. We have the greatest group of volunteers I know of, and our volunteers are amazing, and, and many of you volunteer. But here's what I want you to know. If you're here this morning and you think, man, I want to get more involved, all you have to do is talk to me. All you have to do is talk to Miss Vicky. All you have to do is talk to Kurt and Megan. All you have to do is go to the red desk, and we can find a place for you to get involved. Nothing changes your church experience. Nothing changes your relationship with God like you investing in others. You see, these men invested in the basketball goals, and they're going to put that into kids, and they're going to find Jesus Christ. Nothing changes you like that. So if you're looking for that, you can do that. The second thing is to give, and you do do that. We can't buy $1,200 worth of supplies. That's for a month, by the way. That's for a month. We spend $1,200 a month the next nine months on supplies to minister to kids. Now, we don't give it away. We sell it. Why do you do that, Pastor? Because if you give it to them, they throw it down in the parking lot. Nobody values anything given to them for nothing. But if you have to pay 50 cents for it, you'll drink it, you'll eat it. And so we don't give it away. We sell it. Then we take that money we make back and we buy more. And we take what we need that you give and we buy more. Listen, thank you for your giving. Listen, Ground Zero's full. Power Kids is full. Church is full. The parking lot's full. We had to put chairs out this morning. So don't slow down, give. Amen, amen. <clears throat> thank you, thank you. I know, listen, I know you work hard for your money. And I know every dollar counts. I know. It does at my house too. I know that it does. And when I get up here, when Kurt gets up here and we ask you to give, you're faithful to give. And when you give, you're investing in eternity. You're investing in the lives of kids and teenagers. You're investing in men. I know men who give so other men can go to men's retreat. And I so appreciate your heart. Thank you for your continued giving. The next thing that I need from you is your prayer. Could I get you to put a reminder on your phone every Wednesday morning that you'd pray for Ground Zero and Power Kids. You'd pray for the kids. You'd pray for the leaders. You'd pray that Jesus would move. I, I know, uh, I don't know exactly how to do that, but I know many of you do. Put it on your phone so when it comes up. On my iPad, the daily verse comes up every day. Put it on your phone. Put it on your computer. That It comes up on Wednesdays. Pray for Ground Zero. Pray for Power Kids. Okay, then the last thing is to promote it. Promote it. Listen, Jesus said that if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn to me. If I be lifted up, all men will be drawn to me. Kurt and I uh, were hauling the remains of our old basketball goals, uh, Bernie and them and, and Newton, these guys, when they finished them, and, and Mitch, and they put them up and welded them. We took the goals of the backboards off of the old ones and put it on our permanent ones and then went and bought new rims because the rims were out around and bent. So Kurt and I are hauling the leftovers from the old basketball goals to the dump ground. And when we're out there unloading them, a man backs up who's a farmer here in the community. And he got out and he said, are, are those basketball goals? I said, yeah, but they're no good. They're worn out. We've worn them out. And we don't have backboards to them. And I, if you want them, you're certainly welcome to have them. But they're not all here and together. And here's what he said. He said, my Lord, y'all are doing a lot on that corner. My Lord, y'all are doing a lot on that corner. Now, I knew him. I didn't know him personally. I knew who he was, but God's moving, and he knew it. 
So the next thing you do is you promote it. Listen, talk about Jesus. Talk about what God's doing at Tully Christian Fellowship. Talk about what God's doing in Ground Zero and Power Kids. Talk about going to men's ministry. We're taking the most men we've ever taken. Ever taken. We've been going to men's retreat for over 20 years. We're taking the most men we've ever taken. God's doing amazing things. We're a part of an amazing church. You're an amazing people. You serve an amazing God. And we're unloading hell and loading heaven. And we're going to take a bunch of folks with us. We're going to take a bunch of kids and teenagers with us. So promote it. Now just what I said. Volunteer, give, pray, and promote. You know, when you have more than one service, it's funny because people will invite somebody to church. Hey, I go to this great church. Where? I go to Rusty's church. Well, I go there too. Right? Well, they're in a different service than you. You didn't know it, right? Yeah, they're in the early service. You're in the second service. So you may run into some of that, and that's okay. But don't be afraid to talk about what God's doing. This last Wednesday, in your behalf, I took three dozen donuts up to the junior high in the morning because they have staff meeting. And I took three dozen donuts in your behalf. I didn't do it for me. I did it because you allowed me to do it. You bought the donuts. I had the time to take them. And I got an email from a teacher. And she said, thank you for the donuts, but more importantly, thank you for prayer. And I emailed her back and I said, we are praying for you and the school and for our teachers and our coaches and our staff. And that God's hand is on them. Amen? Listen, folks, we're making a difference. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to lift your head up. I want you to be strengthened. I want you to be refreshed. Because this airplane you're on is going somewhere. And we're reaching kids. We're reaching teenagers. We're reaching men. We're reaching families. We're on our way to somewhere. Amen? Amen. Would you all stand and let me pray for you? Father God, I want to thank you this morning for this great church. I'm so grateful that you're a great father and that this is a great family of God. Father, I want every person here to leave strengthened, to be refreshed, to be encouraged. Father, I'm so humbled that you would let us do what we do here in Swisher County, that your hand is on our lives. Father, I pray your grace this week over men's retreat that our men are ministered to and they come home and their families are ministered to. Father God, thank you for your faithfulness and for your love on our lives. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said?